Greetings. The episode of 33 North 96 West that you are about to hear or see is actually the second in a two-part episode. We were just having so much fun when we were recording this conversation that we talked for almost two hours. So, of course, you're welcome to just tune into this episode as a standalone, or if you would like, we recommend clicking back to the previous episode and listening to that one first so that you get the benefit of the full conversation. Okay, here we go. So when you say you've created, and I'm going to say it this way, you have cultivated an energetic environment in your auric field that tends to draw to you experiences, people, stuff of like vibration. It's your responsibility to it, not for it, that this occurs. Yes, and I even, I'm going to repeat two words that I liked that you said is, uh, well, you said meet, meet it or meet them. Talk it. I'm talking about energy, but also that's moving through people, but just meeting energy. Because it doesn't mean I'm not going to, say, walk into a store and ever encounter somebody having an extremely low vibration experience. I will tell you, it's far and few between now because of this energetic field that I'm in. But if it does happen, when it does happen, it is how I meet that energy, as you said. And you don't get drawn down to it. Right. And in fact, what's more likely to happen is that their frequency will raise in response to yours. Let me give some, let me give a really funny set of examples. I say set because this was not a one-time thing. (laughs) Um, I may have even alluded to this in previous episodes, but I'm going to go a little more specific. As a very strong, sensitive, intuitive, and empath, even though I knew I was that, I did not know, always by any means know how to manage that and be responsible with that. I was trying, but it was, again, my process of awakening, knowing myself, knowing how to manage it. So rather than standing in my sovereignty, if I was in, let's just say I would go into a grocery store and see somebody I knew that I did not want to be in the presence of. And it doesn't mean never. It doesn't mean they're a bad person. There were sometimes it was just going to be confrontational confrontational, but it might just be as small as I really like that person, but I am exhausted. I have just worked all day. I do not have the energy. So whatever, I was being careful. I was being responsible with my own energy, but I I still wasn't at a point where I knew really what to do with that. So I would literally run and hide. So (laughs) kind of had a game in a grocery store where I could I am fast, I am small, I am swift. I could disappear faster than anybody in a grocery store. And my husband never knew where I was. He's like, oh my gosh, where is she now? Because I could duck and hide from anyone and anything. It was hilarious. In hindsight, it was hilarious, but it was very disconcerting for me. I was like, I just want to get my grocery shopping done. I would go in there with a list. We'd go really fast. My husband and I always do it together because we both are... um strong intuitives and sensitives, and it just helps, helps us to have a focus. 
Um, but having said that, okay, so I was avoiding, I was hiding, I was running. And so what was I doing? I was attracting more of that. It got to the point I literally could not get out of my vehicle in the parking lot without a panic attack. Hmm. I can't go to the grocery store anymore. I, I just, it's not going to happen because I created more of that. And one day I said, okay, I can do this. So I would do all this energy work on myself before I'd go in. I was being self-responsible and saying, okay, I have modalities. I have ways. I have things I can do. So for a while, it was kind of a half and half situation of, oh, that okay, that's great. That person, I can, I can do it. I can be in their energy. And other people, nope, I still got to go hide and run. And so this was part of, this is a real-time example of my evolution, if you will, of this. And now I walk in there without a single thought in my mind of what I might encounter. There is absolutely no preconceived idea of how this could po- possibly be a negative experience, that I don't have that op- um, view in my perspective anymore. It is just, I am here. I am sovereign. I am responsible for my own energy. I love myself so much. I've learned to learn, know who I am, and I know I'm not separate. All is good. So I can walk in there and I can encounter people. And now it's like people are drawn to me like magnets, and I'm still trying to get my grocery shopping done and get out. But I'm not having a negative experience around it because I don't have that perspective anymore. I give them the grace and I, and the love and the experience. And, even, and, and I can speak truth. I can say, I've had a long day. I really would like to go ahead and get home, but it was so good to see you. I don't have to take on any of that guilt and that shame and that I've got to hide because I don't want to deal with it. That's just a real-time, real example. And I do have people tell me all the time, I can't even go to the grocery store anymore. It's so bad. Hmm. I can relate. Yeah. However, we can shift that. Now, do I still have times that we drive up into the parking lot? And I've just had, yesterday I was in Dallas. It was an unexpected trip. We were supposed to just be going to Collin County. And the next thing you know, we're in downtown Dallas. And I mean, it was a big day. And we get to the last store that we were going to. And I said, I just can't get out of this vehicle. And mm-hmm. I'm not scared and I'm not afraid. I am utterly exhausted. I'm just going to sit right here, listen to some music while you go in to my husband. And he did. So point being is I can still mm-hmm. be responsible with my energy, but no longer come at it from a plate. Be responsible as well as taking care of my own energy and my energetic field. But that's just a real-time example of how that can evolve. If, I, if I'm aware that I'm creating the same thing over and over and over, I can make a choice. How could this maybe look a little different? How, how can I eventually shift this? Absolutely, yeah. that's beautiful. And some people who are hearing this, this may be a fairly new concept to understand yourself as an energetic being. And it may be fairly new for you to contemplate the phenomenon that there are those of us who are more energetically sensitive, um, not only to sensory stimulation in our field, but also like it, it is a real phenomenon that your auric energy is pulled out of you into other people and that you literally are being drained by your interactions. So if you're hearing this for the first time, 
those things can be real phenomenon. I'm not suggesting that to us that we use it as an excuse for isolation, <laughs> but as a potential way to become more aware of who and what you are specifically. Yeah. And so getting back to that, because we've had some delicious rabbit trails. Yes, we have had some rabbit trails. I was agitated and now I am prepared to take initiative. How do I learn about myself? How do I become more aware? So how about here we each give a summary of some of the ways we have pursued that. Beautiful. I, having had a background in psychology with a tremendous amount of interest in going into holistic psychology really dove into personality types, but I went way beyond personality types. I went into the actual temperaments. Um, Carl Jung is someone whose concepts I highly resonate with. So a lot of study of some examples for me, Carl Jung, uh, Maslow, Maslow's Maslow's hierarchy. Um, Is it Abraham Maslow? These are just a couple of examples on the more, uh, I guess I'd say, clinical side. And then that led me into much more, I, I wouldn't say then that led me. Simultaneously, I was also very much looking on spiritual side. I was looking at uh, Dada Ching. I was looking at, I actually began at the age of, 18 studying world religions. So I had enough awareness of all these different religions and spiritual traditions and concepts that I could go down these, you know, rabbit holes, if you will, and research those and kind of glean something from each of them. But with the with the personality types in that language, my husband and I actually spent about 10 years and predominantly him doing this, really exploring temperaments, creating kind of our own. I say predominant. It really is predominantly his, but we would have a lot of conversations and and using different languages and different blueprints that we are coming to um, a common language around this. But really diving into the temperaments, the order of temperaments, and how that connects to so much more of who and what we are. I learned to read Akashic records that literally just kind of fell into my lap, and the opportunity was there. I wasn't seeking it out. That was another language that I could then use to understand myself because Akashic Records goes into the soul level, whereas before I was at the mental level, I was in the mind. So what I started doing to summarize is to say, I really started looking at mind, body, and spirit in a much broader way of understanding who I am in each of those fields. And... Goodness, there were so many other things I was introduced to. There's so many things out there that literally was a quick minute for me. Numerology was a big thing for me. And I didn't even, it wasn't introduced to me. I woke up with the awareness of it one day. And I started realizing I understand a lot about numerology. I understand a lot about codes. Like I could start decoding languages sometimes. And people would talk in other languages and I could translate them without even really having any exposure to that. So I tie that to talk about the mind, body, spirit. So what? W- so that could have been put in more of a spiritual, uh, esoteric, intuitive realm. So I just started piecing all these things together. 
Later, I was exposed to um, a form of, it's called energy, um, energy coaching, another language, if you will. So actually, that was prior to Akashic Records, but another language of how you can read energy in yourself. Um, and then more recently, the last few years, you'll, uh, you'll have to help me. What's the word? It starts with an A or an E, Igma. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, hmm. Anyway, that was introduced to me. And then human design and gene keys were introduced as of a more recent time. Uh, somewhere in there, astrology was introduced. I don't have a resonance with that language, but I understand the energy. Um, so much more. I mean, the planets, I actually have a lot of, that ties back to Akashic Records, but have a lot of information that ties to my soul level at a, at a planetary level and a cosmic level. And and then the shamanism came in and there was a lot more of the languages and energies that come in from the earth. And I'm not necessarily speaking to these in the order they came in. I tend to be jumping around, but these are just to give some examples. So each time something like that came into my field, these concepts, these principles, of course, prior to all of that, I grew up with religion and that was the only language I knew was the religion I was exposed to as far as connecting me to God and to spiritual. And then as an adult, as these things all, all came into my field, it just started piecing together. It was like pieces of the puzzle all started falling into place of, oh, I am that. I am that. I am that. I am that. And it wasn't, oh, I wasn't that. And now I'm this. It was, I am more expanded. I am more expanded. I am more expanded. When I created a limitation of I was that and I'm not going to be that anymore, then there was a lot more involved with the healing and transmutation of that because there was an attachment. And that also has happened. So I guess I'll close that portion of my summary to say Several years ago, a program began moving through me, from me, and I have my own program. And what I was shown is by understanding these different languages and being exposed to them and understanding your blueprint based off of these languages, knowing your personality type, knowing your temperaments and your order of temperaments, knowing your Akashic records, knowing, or at least aspects of it, you can't, you know, there's so much to know. Um, even just being introduced to Gene Keys and human design, I was introduced to human design first probably about five years ago, and it was literally like a quick blink. Um, archetypes is another one that came into my field. I started learning a lot about different archetypes. So as all of this came in, what happened, what I became very aware of for me personally, I'm not saying that this is by any means everyone's journey, but what came through me is my own program and those I have shared it with, I can honestly say I've seen nothing but amazing results from because it's it's literally looking at the four aspects of you, the four main aspects of you, who and what those are, and, and encouraging you and empowering you to describe them, define them, look at all sides of them, and the whole intention of the practice, the program, is to come to 
an understanding that the wholeness is all of them. All of them together, working together is the wholeness. So these languages, these systems, these programs, whatever you feel passionate about exploring, explore it. And it might be a quick minute. It might be something that you invest years into. My husband spent 10 years working with his theories on personality temperaments. I mean, that's a long time. And he's come up with some amazing understandings and and theories, principles that he lives by and so forth. Some people spend their whole life on, on one. So I am one who is called to kind of dip my toes in everything and then pull from that what what creates my wholeness, what brings me in, in awareness of my wholeness. So I guess my invitation to you would be, I'm not going to give you a list of languages and systems and programs to follow because many have asked me that over the years. Can you just give me a whole list? Tell me exactly what books to read and exactly what. But I am going to tell you, if there is something calling you, explore it. And keep in mind, as Jared mentioned earlier about the being open, rather than me being rigid and saying, this is it. This is my religion. This is my spiritual practice. This is my language. This is my system. This is my et cetera, et cetera. If you can look at it from, let me explore it and see what from this truly inspires me and drives me and awakens me to this passion because you don't just wake up with all of this one day because of of the free will and the whole process of us remembering and awakening is to learn more and more about who we are and then what happens? <laughs> we 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 created a label and an identity around that, and then another one comes, and then another one comes, and it's an evolution. So it's not I found it and I'm going to attach to that. It's oh, I know more now, and how much more can I know? That was a long, a long explanation. Yeah, but it was all delicious. <laughs> and actually, to follow up with that. I'm not sure I necessarily wish to relate as much my personal. I'm, maybe I will a little bit, but I'm going to dovetail off of what you've said. Everything you shared, all of those potential systems and modalities and institutions uh, are can be on the table for exploration uh, for any of us or all of us. But in response to that, I kind of want to speak to ways of um, of operating within your consciousness. So we all know about focus and giving focused attention. And that's taught to us like when when you're when you're going to school, for example, focus on the lesson, focus on the teacher. Um, there's a certain, set of frequencies of, of your brain waves that happens when you're in intense focus on subjects so that you're learning it and committing it to your memory and you so that you can recall it and all that kind of stuff. 
But one of the things that I got from what you've shared so far, Terry, is there's a a sense of contemplation. Mm-hmm. So as you are taking the initiative to expose yourself to different ideas, um, different ways of thinking and being and different spiritual and psychological modalities and even physical modalities. And there's a wealth of stuff out there to explore. But the process that you may engage in is a process of contemplation. So let's say you take the Enneagram and you're a type nine. Thank you. I couldn't think of that word. Is that the word you were looking for? Okay. Thank you for helping me there. Yeah. So that's what it says. And you have some fodder for contemplation. So you start to read about Enneagram type nine and what are the characteristics of that type and how do they present in the world? And then you go on YouTube and search for, oh, maybe there are some videos produced by people who are this type and Maybe they have some tricks and tools and stuff that's helped them on, on their path. And you, but you're contemplating its relevance to you. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to the earlier suggestion that not only are you worthy of this process and this journey, but you're also worthy of discernment. Like, is this ringing true for me right now? Do I resonate with it or not? It doesn't mean you won't ever resonate with it. There may be a period of time where more stuff gets cleared out of you before it starts to make sense, but there's a a contemplation process. And my suggestion to you is that um, if you have like a type A personality and your your primary mode is to focus on things and like to get stuff done and like you got to have your checklist, Terry spoke to this a little bit, um, loosen up. Maybe give yourself permission to be more contemplative during this time. Allow the concepts into your consciousness. Lightly think about them, journal about them perhaps. Like take, a, take some notes, ask yourself some questions before you go to sleep. Like allow the contemplative practice to overtake you during this journey. The other, of course, so focus is kind of one level. Contemplation is kind of another level where you're actively aware of a concept in your, in your consciousness, but you're not like hard focused on it. And that's a different set of frequencies in your brain. Um, and then there's meditation. Um, and so meditation is uh, yet another set of frequencies where your goal is to spend a little bit of time each day to quiet your mind to get as close to um, silence as you are able to. Um, And in that process, you stop resistance in your vehicle, um, in all of the subtle bodies. Like you get back to a sort of calm, harmonic equilibrium of sorts. And then when you come out of a meditation time, then you're kind of freshened up and new and newly receptive. And it kind of gives you a reset. 
And so obviously a lot, anyone in spiritual communities or even uh, your, your uh, psychotherapist is going to tell you meditation is a good practice to, to implement. And I'm going to tell you, for me, it's not always easy. I have a Gemini moon and my mind is very, very active and all over the place. And so getting to a quiet place in my mind is often a challenge. And I've also occasionally been hard on myself for not being able to do it. Um, But I have given myself permission to release that, the self-sabotage and criticism. And so in that meditation practice, as your mind starts to get active and you realize you're thinking about something specific, just gently return back to that calm, quiet place and spend a little bit of time each day meditating. It can be of tremendous value. And I'm also going to suggest, for me, physical movement and engagement has been huge. Um, And I can almost say, like, my physical activity is, is just as valuable as a contemplative or meditative practice for me as anything else. So in our modern era, um, when we're like, many of us have a, like a nine to five job and maybe sometimes we work 70 or 80 hours a week where we're sitting in a cubicle at a computer, um, like your physical vessel, uh, needs to move. So practice that and see if it makes a difference to you. Um, now I'm going to focus myself focus myself again. So um, Terry suggested uh, several modalities, and what I wanted to just highlight is that you're giving yourself permission to be exposed to ideas that you haven't exposed yourself to before, in order to discern and synthesize, and there will be no end to the potentials for what you can explore. But it's about first allowing yourself to to give your attention to these other things. And the reason I'm wanting to bring this dynamic into the conversation is because I know what it's like to grow up in an environment where where it's suggested to you that um, that's of the devil over there. And um, this is the only thing you can pay attention to and anything outside of this is not okay. And you kind of get like ingrained in that and it becomes like something that you fear going outside the realm of what you've been taught is okay. And so I just want to kind of address that um, and suggest again, to be easy and graceful with yourself and don't feel like you have to take on all of this all at once Um, baby steps are okay. Like check out a yoga class, like ask if you can just observe or get a subscription to Gaia TV and watch some things like, um, a lot of this isn't so bad as we've been told. Um, again, like, and I'm speaking to like astrology, like, of course there are people on this planet who will suggest to you that, looking at astrology is a sin. And I don't hold that belief. Um, I've, I don't think that's ever sounded right to me. And then the last thing I'll say, and I'll pass the mic back to Terry, is that even if you don't want to go to the genekeys.com website and 
put in your birth date and time to receive your personalized hologenetic profile, you still may benefit uh, tremendously from... I'm going to hold up the book. Get a copy of Richard Rudd's book called The Gene Keys, Embracing Your Higher Purpose. And again, even if you don't specifically get your profile, just exposing yourself to the ideas in this book for contemplation will change your life. There are 64 gene keys in this book, and each one of them expresses a spectrum of consciousness from the shadow frequency to the gift frequency to the city or the highest divine essence of each of these energies. And in the shadow expression, every gene key uh, talks about the repressive and the reactive nature of that energy. So, for example, in my um, life's work sphere, I have Gene Key 27, which moves from the gift of, from the shadow of selfishness to the gift of altruism to the city of selflessness. And it'll tell you about what it looks like if you are repressive or reactive with your shadow frequency. So, when we've spoken to things like getting triggered or activated by situations, like I may have the tendency to react selfishly and act in a repressive way. And here's what that looks like. Like I'm going to shut down and go home and not be considerate of the other people in the situation and not be careful and responsive. Like just be selfish and close off. That's just an example I've made up. So just contemplating these means that you have brought into your awareness these phenomenon and the possibilities of them. And so you're not only going to learn about yourself, but you're also you're going to start seeing these patterns of behavior in the people you're interacting with. And so it makes you a better interactor. Like, oh, I see, that's where they are. And you can now be them, be there for them in a different way. So, beautiful source of fodder for contemplation. Contemplation is exactly the most perfect word for this because when I was alluding to these different languages and concepts and systems and et cetera, et cetera on that, that is the reason I was discussing those is because you are going in to contemplate. You are going into, they are ways that you can take a look at yourself to know thyself. It's, it's ways you're going to remember or know more of who and what you are. And as you will gather from not only this particular episode, but all of our episodes that we always invite you not to pick one book up off the shelf and say, I adopt this 100% as mine. It says I am this, this, and that, and so that is all that I am. Because, again, the, the intention of these are for contemplation, for consideration, because we are all each a different blueprint. And even though we have similarities... And commonalities, 
There's no other person that can tell us exactly who we are, exactly how we should navigate life, because they're always going to have a subjective view. And that includes myself. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, it's you cannot come to this without a subjective view. So the more you bring in to consider and to contemplate, the more objective you can look at yourself mm. and others. That's beautiful. So I just want to re- reiterate and say in maybe a slightly different way again, is there anyone outside, is there anything outside any one of us that can tell us who and what we are? No. So, we, we've actually just, we're transitioning out of an epoch or an era where the, the collective energy was that we are wrong and broken and the answer to our questions is some authority that is external to us. And that has been a predominant way of being during this era. And I'm talking about a 2,000-year period of time. And now we're moving into the age of Aquarius. And the, 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 there's a different way of being. We're, we are now cycling into another era where we realize that the answers can only be found within us. And so what you look at outside of you and who you speak to and who you choose to help guide you or to be with, with their with you through it are only there to provoke your inner journey ultimately and this is speaking to the idea of sovereignty ultimately you are the discerner and the decider and the knower the answers are within you. And that's part of the premise of the Gene Keys is that, and actually, Terry, you spoke to this before with the idea of activation. The answers are inherent and implicit. Like, you came into this incarnation with them inside you already, and they are ripe and ready for you to realize them. Yes, to be realized. (laughs) Or for you to awaken to them, since we're talking about the word awakening. Awakening to the truth that is already present within you. I shared in a previous episode, I used the phrase after going through various different uh, transitions and shifts in life, within this awakening of saying the only way I could say what I was feeling, experiencing, and knowing was I have arrived. And I want to speak to that because it's come up a few times the last few days in conversations with people and just in uh, my own contemplation. 
To say I have arrived, to tying it back also to earlier, is not to say I have completed. To say I have arrived is to say I used to see it as I am becoming. And then there's a time and a place which is really beyond time and place (laughs) and space. But there is a point where a now moment where the only way I can articulate the feeling again and the knowing is I have arrived, I am saying, rather than I am becoming, it literally just is I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean when I have arrived is I know that I am. I am Terry Malick. I am a a woman. I am petite. These phrases we used earlier. I am a multidimensional being. I am a God spark. I am an aspect of God. I am source. I am creator. I am spirit. I am et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I am that. So anything that I contemplate and come to really feel in my body as resonance and alignment, and it becomes embodied and embodied, meaning I know it and I bring it into the physical experience here of being human. I, I am that, and I am that, and I am that. And it, it feels like a a closing for me personally that I wanted to extend because that is often interpreted with an individual's subjective view of, oh, there's going to be a time where I just say, I'm no longer becoming, I am, I have, arri- I, I have arrived, I am this, I am awakened, I am enlightened, I am, I am, I am. But for me, it is an everyday, every, ever, I, was trying, I wasn't trying to say every day, but we'll just say that, I was trying to say an ever-present, every day, every moment, every now moment, knowing If I am saying I am that, that means something has come into my field through contemplation that has complete, absolute resonance within my body, within my mind, and within my spirit. It is not to say I am done. I am complete. Yeah. If you have awakened to your true nature. We've, I think we've expressed, but I just want to be very clear. Does That also includes that you have awakened to your divine nature. Yes. Yes. So, with that, it comes the realization that everyone around you is divine as well. And you can't deny that. So, you begin to understand the lie of separation because you realize that we are all of the same stuff. And so, when you say, I am that, and I'm that, and I'm that, it's also, I'm him, and I'm her, and I'm them, and I'm we, and here we are. Is 
is the planet conscious. Yes. So what I just expressed is that we can use the, the word, the term Gaia, the planet Earth, She is a, a being. And we are of her. You can think of us like neurons in the consciousness of her. Zipping around. Can the planet, can the consciousness of Gaia awaken can the planet experience ascension yes yes mm. so i'm wanting to make a connection between an individual awakening process and a collective one it is very important for collective consciousness for each of us who have the will and the courage to commit ourselves to our path, that we do so. Because as we do that, our energy is invested in the collective and supports a collective awakening. I think it's fair to say in the past that the trajectory of humanity has not been high. And we have created the mechanisms for global destruction. However, my sense is that humanity as one body has chosen to awaken. Does that ring true for you, Terry? It does. We have said that we choose to not continue as we were. We are perceiving that there may be a higher way. And so, if you're hearing this, and that idea feels good to you, welcome, and you're not alone. <laughs> so I have a good provocative question that I will leave us with, but I wanted to make sure you had an opportunity to express anything more that you had before I did that. I'm in a very, very zero point space right now. I just want to say thank you for the conversation and thank you for listening for those who are here and definitely invite you to contemplate, as Jared said, consideration of these things that inspire you and move you to contemplate and knowing yourself a little bit more through each step. Thank you. You're so welcome. And I'd like to say before I suggest my final question or contemplation that to our audience, this is uh, the last recording that Terry and I are going to do here in the studio for a short while. 
because she and her husband, her partner Tim, are overlanding. <laughs> They've been outfitting their pickup truck with um, some gear and uh, equipment to accommodate them, and they're about to head off into the wilderness for some adventures. And so for a while, we may be doing some remote episodes um, mm -hmm. until her return, but um, it's been a bittersweet episode for both of us because we've really gotten into the groove and we're having so much fun with this. And the fun will continue for sure, just in different, different ways for a while. And as we know, physical absence makes the heart grow fonder. So when she returns next, it's bound to be a good one. <laughs> um, but we will be doing some remotes in the interim. So here's what I would like to leave us with, which is when you awaken, I didn't say if, I said when, when we awaken and realize the implicit, implicit divinity, the inherent divinity of every human being, and we realize that the Creator is biological, it's fundamental, it's in your cells, it's the energy that underlies everything in creation. When we come to truly know this, really know it, what would be different for you? What would that look like? How would you be? Peaceful. Mm. <laughs> I feel really peaceful right now, I'm actually. I'm very peaceful. We've talked ourselves into another really <laughs> we, good place. We have. All right. Shall we leave it right there? Yes. Okay. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time.